What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Drive for the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Schwartz. If you've ever wondered what the real life of professional golf looks like, look no further. I'll be chopping it up with mini tour players across the country as they prep for Q School and beyond. I'll chat with mental coaches, performance coaches, anyone in the game of golf who knows a thing or two about the grit, the struggle, and the determination it takes to make it to the PGA Tour. So if you don't already, please give us a follow on Instagram. You can hit us up at Drive for the Dream and buckle up because it's time to drive. Oh yeah, baby. It is time to drive. I've got our first episode here and our first guest, PXG athlete, hashtag PXG troops, <laughs> professional golfer, golf influencer, Mike Wyckoff. How the hell are you, brother? I'm good, buddy. If I was any better, I'd be you. Oh, he took my line from me. <laughs> Look did. at that. You love to see it. Well done, sir, do man. <laughs> well done, sir. How's your day going, man? What's up? Tell me some good news. It's good, man. I was out on the range this morning at seven o'clock, grinded away until it got too hot. So got the work in, probably going to hit the gym in a little bit and then maybe do some chipping and putting tonight. Yeah, I love that, man. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. How'd you get into the game? Where are you at now? And what's the schedule looking like? Yeah, man. Right now I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona from New York City. Grew up there. Moved out here when I was about 24, 25 years old. My whole life I played baseball. All I ever wanted to do was play baseball um, up until I was 15. My uncle is a class A PGA professional. He was at a country club in New York called nice. Darrell Arrowwood. One day he asked me to come out there and play and you know, I fell in love with it right away. So, I mean, I got into the game later than most people, but, you know, I did pick it up pretty quickly. Love that, dude. So you didn't play junior golf growing up. You weren't playing in tournaments, anything like that. What was the first tournament you ever played in? No, man, that's crazy. It's like I didn't play any junior events. My first tournament was actually at a junior college I went to for a year. So I basically went from playing for two years and then boom, right into college golf tournaments, which was a huge wake-up call for me, huge culture shock. I and mean, it really showed me what I needed to work on. And I'm going up against guys that have played their entire life. So it was it was definitely a nerve-wracking experience as well. You know, that being my first official golf tournament was up against college guys. Yeah, that's something to to kind of chat about there. There's a huge difference between just playing weekend golf with your boys and going out and shooting even par or better and then having to tee it up in a tournament. Tell us about the mindset shift that you have to go through as a pro. And also back when you were stepping on the tees the first time in a tournament, how nervous were you, dude? Were you shaking in your boots or what? Oh, dude, I was definitely, definitely shaking in my boots. I mean, when you're going out there with your buddies, just a casual round, you know, you can just step up to any tee and just blast driver, try to hit as far as you can. There's really not much strategy that goes into it. I think when, you know, I'm out there playing my buddies on like casual afternoon, but you know, once you get into a tournament that, that mindset kicks in where it's like, you know, you have to hit a good shot here. You have to do this. You have to do that. That sometimes isn't the best way to go about it. But for me, just starting, I didn't know any other way to do it other than thinking like, well, shit, I have to make pars and birdies. Mm -hmm. And then I had no course management skills at the time, no strategy. I kind of just, you know, went in there blind. You know, my first college tournament, I think I barely broke a hundred. So it was definitely a Definitely do what I need to work on after that. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Because I can go, you know, yeah, I was so going I... out there during that time shooting, you know, mid 70s, high 70s with my buddy. And, you know, when you're in college, those are pretty good scores. Oh, yeah, they and, are. You know, They're good scores for team. me right now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, love it. And then, you know, once you get into that, you know, tournament mindset, you know, shooting those scores becomes a little bit harder when you're not used to playing in tournaments and getting in that atmosphere. So, no junior golf experience, went straight into junior college, teeing it up. 
when you moved out to Scottsdale, when did you have that click in your mind? Like, I think there's something here. Let's try to make this a, a career and become a professional golfer. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of clicked in my mind a couple of years after college. I was out doing real estate for a while. So I had a lot of free time living in New York to go play golf. I started doing a lot of local qualifiers did some US Open stuff, some met amateur events. Then when I moved down here, I figured, you know, let's let's give this a go. Did tech sales for a little while, try to save up some mm-hmm. money to play golf. And then I did medical sales for three years. And I recently did quit my job so I could, you know, pursue this full time. So, Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's been tough, but you know what? I'm I'm 30 years old now, gonna be 31 next week. So I figured if I'm gonna do this now is the time to go balls to the wall, you know, full in, full send. I'm not holding anything back right now. I'm not gonna be 50 years old saying, you know, I wish I did this when I was younger. I, you know, I wish I did that. So I'll have no regrets. So I'm going for it right now. I love that. And with that quitting your job, I mean, that takes a lot of onions. That takes a lot of courage <laughs> there, bro. What were those conversations like internally for you with your family, with your girlfriend? Were there folks that were on the sidelines saying, hey, man, maybe not the best idea how did that look for you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny enough, uh, you know, my parents were the first ones that were all on board for it. I remember I was out in uh, Charleston that. for Thanksgiving. I was out in Charleston for Thanksgiving and I pulled my dad aside at a party and I was like, hey, you know, I want to quit my job and play golf professionally. And he just looked at me and said, yeah, I got you. Go ahead and do it. Didn't hesitate. Woo. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I spoke to my mom about it. She says, if this is what you really want to do, go ahead and do it. And my girlfriend had the same mindset. You know, this is something that you've always wanted to do, you know, go for it. So That's it's awesome, nice to man. have that support system behind me. Yeah. Any haters, anyone that was like, dude, terrible idea. What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, there were a couple people that I know just from, you know, being out in like Scottsdale, whatever, you know, I would tell them and they're like, dude, what are you doing? That's, that's a bad idea. But you know, they don't, they don't really know me. They don't know my story. They don't know why I'm doing it. Sure. So you no, know, I don't expect them to be like, Oh yeah, man, that's a cool idea. But you know, I know deep down for me, this is the best move. I love that. And that's what means the most, right? The close people, the friends, the family, uh, the people that matter the most to you are supportive <coughs> and are on board with the journey. And speaking of the journey, we're driving for the dream. We're a TV show. We're a podcast out here. We're excited to have Mike on the team. And that's something that we're creating a little differently than most folks out there and most other shows or most other organizations. We have a, a real team aspect. And I know a couple guys have really taken you on your wing, Jared Hack being one of those guys, and, and most importantly, played around with him in the U.S. Open qualifier. What has that team aspect meant to you? How have you harnessed that? How have you used it? And what do you think has been one of the most important messages you've received internally? Yeah, man, honestly, with golf, you know, it's such an individual sport. So when you have a team behind you, people that you can turn to, it just makes it that much better. And now much more fun. Yeah, I met Jared Hack at the US Open qualifier. And then we played a practice round a week later for the Desert Financial Open. And, you know, someone that's been in the ring, you know, he went to Q school, he's played on Corn Ferry Tour. Mm-hmm. He, he has a lot of insight for us and a lot of really, really helpful tips. So the biggest thing that I battle is my mental game. And, sure. you know, playing with him, we played nine holes and he was just going over some mental exercises that he does. And for me, that's really helped. So having someone like him to lean on and go to when you get into that you know, mental space, it's, it's nice to turn to. Can you give any examples of that? What those mental kind of exercises that you're going through are out on the course? Yeah. I mean, so when I hit a bad shot, what I do is I give myself 10 seconds to kind of like, you could be annoyed. Everyone gets annoyed. It's a natural sure. reaction. You know, I'm an athlete. I grew up playing competitive sports. So it's in my nature to be, to be upset about it. I give myself 10 seconds. And after that, it's done. It's gone. It's on to the next shot. I think you were actually, you were following me in the U.S. Open qualifier. And I blocked oh, yeah, my tee shot. I blocked yeah. my tee shot in the ninth hole into the right desert at Talking Stick. 
And, you know, I didn't throw my driver, but I kind of dropped it. You know, I said some words under my breath and then, you know, 10 seconds later I was fine. And then I hit a nice high cut from inside the desert to three feet. So, I mean, it was a hell of a shot, dude. Yeah. Thanks man. (laughs) Just, you know, I give myself 10 seconds. Don't let it affect the next shot. That's for sure. Cause that's that's going to a spiral. Oh, easily, man. In the game of golf and that's, you know, at the amateur level, anywhere from 20 plus handicaps down to the pros, I think that's something that we all can relate and get behind is you got to just leave that shot behind, right? The only thing you can really care about is the next shot and you can never really predict where the golf ball is going to go after you hit it. So having that ability to block that out of your mind and move on to the next shot is, is super huge. So what other challenges, what are you working on right now as far as your game's concerned? Is there something that you're out there grinding on that if you could just get that across to the next level that you can make a deep run at Q school. Yeah. I'm wedge control right now off the tee. I'm, I'm hitting it great. My driver is fantastic right now. I'm just working on that wedge control. Anything inside 125 yards. I feel like I'm not giving myself the good birdie looks that I know I can give myself and, you know, just three or four of those extra holes around where you're giving yourself those good birdie looks can be the difference between, you know, getting through the first stage of Q school or not. And that's something that, I think is really cool. And also something that makes golf so unique as well is it's a putt dropping here or there. It's getting up and down from the greenside bunker that really makes a difference, whether you make it through prequal to first stage to second stage, final stage, and so on. So how's the putter looking right now, man? Are we getting up and down? I know you're working on that wedge game. Is it, are you seeing the improvement, the fruits of the labor with the work? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. My putting right now actually has been great. I switched to that lab golf putter Mm -hmm. that a lot of tour players are using now. And the thing is automatic. Like once you find your line, it's so balanced. It's, you can't really hit a bad putt with it. (laughs) So love it. shout out lab, shout out lab golf. (laughs) They're fantastic. Hey, we got a spokesperson over here. (laughs) And my chipping's always been pretty good. So, I mean, I do that three, four nights a week. I'll go over to McCormick and just hit a couple different chip shots anywhere from 20 to 50 yards out. What's the schedule look like? I know we're talking Q school, but I'm sure you're getting some prep work in before that, not just on the range and the practice facility, but you got a little mini tour kind of coming up down here in the Florida swing. Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be down in Florida from the 15th to September 1st. Right now I'm signed up for the Osprey Open in Boca Raton. It's a minor league golf tour event. Super pumped for that. And there's one more, I believe on the 26th and 27th I'm going to sign up for. So just getting ready for those. Well, I'm down here in Florida right now at my dad's house. So I will definitely jump over and see you over at the minor league golf tour and shout out to those guys. I mean, they produce a lot of high quality talent. I know Brooks Kepka was on that tour. His younger brother were on that tour and obviously they've seen a ton of success. So hopefully we can see the same on your end and keep that game grinding. Do you have your prequal spots picked out or what does that look like as far as the first couple stages of Q school? I'm still going over where I'm going to do it. I'm kind of looking at course maps right now Mm -hmm. to see which course fits my game the best right now the one in palm springs i think is going to be the winner for me yeah and it's close to home so you can get over there it's close to home we got a couple other guys playing in there shout out to marty and conrad we'll have them on as future guests here on the drive for the dream podcast but it's always good like we were talking about before to have that support system i know both those guys have played that course before so make sure you lean on them and sure you guys will be picking each other's brains there on all that kind of stuff. Speaking of driving for the dream, we've got these awesome camper vans. We're going to get you in one and get you cruising across the country. Can't make it happen for the Florida swing, but excited to see (laughs) how far we can take it. So that's pretty fun to do. And for those of you who don't know out there, drive for the dream, the TV show, what we're doing is we're just documenting 
the real life of professional golf. We're telling stories. We're showing the grit. We're showing the determination that it takes for these guys to get from event to event or what happens when they miss a cut. So I think that's a good thing to chat about what it looks like from the tournament pressure when you're playing mini tours and what it looks like from you know the, that financial aspect as well. Where do you guys, where you, you obviously have a savings, you quit your job, you have to have a little buffer there. What does it look like when you miss a cut? What does it look like when you have to find another event within the next couple of weeks so you can find another paycheck? Um, I mean, it's definitely tough. Um, you know, since I did quit my job for me, you know, when I'm out there, even on the range or on the course having a bad day, you know, it's, it's very easy for me to spiral and be like, well, shit, did I make the right decision? Should I have not quit mm-hmm. work? Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I mean, it is, it's mentally draining in that aspect because, you know, I had a cushy job, you know, making six figures doing medical sales and I decided to leave to pursue my, my dream and my passion. So at the end of the day, I just try to tell myself, you know, we made the right decision. This is something you want to do. So buckle up and sign up for the next event. Let's go. Like there, there's no turning back. No turning back, man. No turning back. That uh, kind of sounds like something your boy Bob Parsons would say. So yeah, oh, yeah. Bobby P <laughs> and PXG, how did that come about, man? How'd you get on staff with them? Dude, I mean, it, it's it's been awesome to be with them. So since Instagram's really been a thing with Instagram Reels, I've just been posting a lot of golf content. Um, not just because I wanted to get noticed, just because it's something I, I love doing. I love creating sure. content, I love posting golf videos. And one of the directors of marketing actually reached out to me via email, November of 2021. And just flat out like, Hey, you know, we love your content. How would you like to be part of the PXG troops? And I was like, this is too good to be true. There's no way. So she actually called me, went into the studio. I actually met Bobby P went to their Norterra opening party event at their new no location. No one golf clubs the way we do. <laughs> period. Period. I, I can Don't sue me. That, man. <laughs> Don't sue me. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I went to their party and a week later I got fifth in my first set and they showed up on my doorstep within three days. That's awesome, man. So yeah. you got your first set and I mean, they pump out a lot of clubs over there, man. They do. What's, they do. The, what's in the bag right now, man? What are you playing? Yeah, right now I got their 0317 CB blades. I love them. Oh, I'm sorry. The ST blades. Sorry. I have them both. I have the black CBs um, and I have the Chrome ST. So right now I have the ST blades in the bag. That's what I'm gaming right now. They're behind me. I don't know if you can see them, but, uh, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I'm gaming right now. And I have I have four sets of them, but I, I kind of go back and forth between the C, CBs and the SDs. And I really shouldn't be tinkering with irons too much, but they both feel amazing. So I don't, I don't mind it. I'm sure they're decently similar as far as where the sweet spot is and everything like that yeah. and how they swing and weight and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they're so, very, very similar. How does that work, man? Do they just like show up at your doorstep or do you know when they're coming? What does that look like, bro? <laughs> so I, I know when they're coming, they'll usually give me like a heads up, like, hey, you know, we have these irons coming out. Um, if you want them, there's a form that we all fill out. And then mm-hmm. with wedges, I actually get new wedges probably once every four or five months when you're out Holy there grinding. Holy shit, practicing. that's awesome, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, man. When you're out there grinding and practicing every day, it's very easy for those, you know, those grooves to dull out. Mm-hmm. So I'll have my practice wedges I'll take to the range and chip it green. I'll have my gamers that I keep in the bag for tournaments and course days. So your favorite club in your bag right now would probably be the driver, right? I don't have to ask that driver. question. Driver for yeah. sure. <laughs> man, y'all should see this guy out the tee. He takes it deep. The kid can move it. <laughs> and, and it's the accuracy too. I've always been very accurate with the driver. So, well, we get those wedges dialed in. Watch out. Kid's going to make a run. Yes, sir. So it's speaking coming. of favorite clubs in your bag, we're going to do my favorite segment, which is favorites. I'm going to ask you a question, a statement, what your favorite, whatever is. And just the first thing that come to your mind, let it rip brother. How's that sound? Let's go. Love it. All right. So we know the favorite club in the bag. What's your favorite course in Arizona? 
Ooh, I'm going to say Quintero. Can I make this a two-part nice question? Dude. Yeah, sure. Go for it, dude. I'm gonna, I'll make this two-part question. You make the um, rules, bro. It's your podcast. <laughs> it's my show right now. Um, yeah. So Quintero, number one, obviously. I mean, the views are amazing. Um, if you like desert golf, I mean, it's a must-go-to mm-hmm. spot. For me, I'm not a big tough desert track, golf dude. Fan. That is from Very the tough. tips, man. That is a beast. I Ooh. I played it like a seven, and I've never gotten that course for less than an 89, I think, or an 87 from the tips. It's it's a beast. And our boy Jared Hack actually has the course record out there. Ooh, 60. Shout out Hack. Six zero from the tips, dude. I mean, that course is is so tough. I mean, anything under mm-hmm. 70 is amazing. And shout out Hack, man. That's that is a hell of a round there. So you said two part qu- or two yeah. part answer. So you had Quintero. What's the next? I'm going to say ambiante at Camelback mainly nice. because yeah, it's a great course. I'm not really a big desert golf fan growing mm-hmm. up in the Northeast, playing a lot of golf in long Island and the Hamptons, you get a lot of links courses and ambiante yep. is a great links course, a lot of tall fescue. So if you miss the fairway, you're in fescue, you're not in the desert and the rocks. So for Good me, luck that's finding that golf ball. Yeah. You, it, yeah. Hell of a time finding it, but if you could find it, you got to hack it out. So sure. Yeah, I think I've donated a couple dozen golf balls to that golf course. That's for damn sure. <laughs> it's very easy to do. That's for sure. <laughs> it is. So favorite golf course on the West Coast? Torrey Pines, for sure. Right away. Kid knew his answer. Right now, if I been to Bandon Dunes, I would probably say that. I haven't gone yet, but that's I feel like that's going to trump Torrey. Big shout out to Bandon. We went there in April. That place is just heaven man if you are a golf fan whatsoever if you love the game get out there they've got five different courses they've got a putting course they've got a par three course i think they're adding another par three course once you get there it is well worth the journey it's a little bit of a pain in the ass to get to but like i said every penny every mile you travel to get there it's great every course brings a different look to you so if you get out there man let me know what your thoughts are what's your favorite course on the east coast Ooh. I would say Westchester Country Club. Oh, I don't know anything about it. Tell me. Oh, yeah. They had the U.S. Open there a few times, uh, playoff mm-hmm. event there. And the Senior Tour actually has a stop there. It's a great course. Good nice. course in uh, Westchester. Love it. Okay, curveball. Favorites. Favorite band. Band, I'm going to say Blink-182. Um, I'm more of a pop music guy, but for band-wise, He's a Swifty, Blink-182. Folks. Not a, I am a believer. I'm not a Swifty. Big oh, believer. Jay Beebs, dude. <laughs> Got to rock with the beat. Guy's got talent, that's for sure. Oh, 100%. You seen him before? Yeah, yeah. I saw him at uh, Madison Square Garden back in 2016. Whoa, dude. Best concert I've been to. <laughs> You're going to see the beeps, man. man. You got to go to the garden. I guess, dude. The garden, your hometown, your favorite yep. mu- like musician, dude. That is something special right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, favorite movie? Happy Gilmore, for sure. Golf guy through and through, man. Yep. Through and through. Yep. <laughs> I'm a big Sandler fan, but love that movie. Love it. Favorite cocktail. Ooh, you know what? I'm an Amaretto Sour guy. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Big, big Amaretto Sour guy. If we're talking like just going out to, you know, local Scottsdale bars, I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. I'm a Red Bull vodka guy. Hate to say it. Oh, disgusting. of course you are. There's that Northeastern. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but Amaretto Sours for sure. Favorite meal in Scottsdale? Favorite meal. I'm a big Italian food guy. Penny olive vodka, chicken parm are my two number ones. You got Italian in you? I don't know. But you know, being from New York, you know, we, we thrive on Italian food. So for sure. I, and that's the thing. And that's the beauty of Italian food. You don't have to be Italian to love it. It just Mm-mm. slaps every single time. Oh. Man. <laughs> every time. I think that's good, man. I think that's great for the the favorite section there. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming on and being the intro guest here. It's been awesome chopping course, it up man. with you and 
and following your journey, dude. If you guys don't already, follow Mike on Instagram at Mike Wyckoff. I got that right, correct? Yep, you got it. He's a great follow, puts out a lot of ton of content, everything like that. And uh, I think that's actually a good question. We won't hang it up yet. If golf doesn't work out, obviously we're pulling for you. We're rooting for you. We're following your your journey through Q School and beyond. But if that doesn't work out, what do you think? Broadcast? Something along those lines, man. You've got some pipes and you know the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for saying that. I feel like I got some pipes. Yeah, for me, like, you know, like I said, when I quit work, this was a, a win-win because, you know, if golf doesn't work out, I, I really want to get into like the media space and producing content. It's something that I love to do and I'm super passionate about. So fingers crossed that golf works out. But if it doesn't, you know, I always think I have media in the back of my pocket. So We'll see what happens. That's awesome, dude. Like I said, we're rooting for you. We're following your journey. We'll be with you out there in Palm Springs, taking a look at prequal. Anything you want to leave some of those junior golfers or collegiate golfers with before we sign off? Yeah, I would just say be patient and keep working. Golf's a tough game. You're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days, but just keep grinding and stay focused. Love it, dude. Words to live by just for life in general. And you yeah. know, that's golf, golf, a microcosm that's for golf. life. So golf's the one sport, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter, you know, what, what age you start, you know, I started at 15, you know, here I am at 30 years old, you know, I'm going for it. So it's never too late. Only 15 years in the game. And there's 20 year olds that have been playing for 15 years. And, you know, yep. you think all the lessons that golf teaches you along the way. And I love that you're going for it, man. And that you are literally putting it all on the line day in and day out. So excited for you, brother. Thanks again for being the first guest on the Drive for the Dream podcast. Give him a follow on Instagram, y'all, and we'll catch you next time. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me on. Just drive.